Hey everyone, welcome to the Got 10 Minutes podcast, the podcast for product managers. Today we speak with Ritika Mathur, who is a technical product manager at Arrive Logistics. And Arrive Logistics is a multi-modal transportation and technology company providing strategic solutions for both shippers and carriers. Ritika, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me here. No problem. It's, it's great having you. So uh, tell me a bit about yourself. What's your background? So um, like you said, I am a technical product manager at, at Arrive Logistics. I work on building software products, APIs, and data products. Before I made my foray into product management, I moved to the US to do my master's in information systems and got some wonderful opportunities post-graduation as a data scientist, uh, which eventually opened doors for me into the world of uh, product management. Uh, in the past, before moving to the US, I also worked as an SAP consultant for around three and a half, four years. Uh, and this was back in India. Awesome. Data science, uh, you said. That's that's mm-hmm. very interesting. Uh, so mm-hmm. like that's that's a superpower that like um, not a lot of uh, product managers actually have. Um, <laughs> so so how, how did you find um, the transition from data science to product? Um, how how is that how is that for you? It was kind of easy for me because you know, from the very beginning of my career, I have been associated and around data. Mm. Um, and I've also been uh, close to business. So as soon as I started my career, like six months into my first job as an SAP ABAP developer, ABAP, by the way, is, I call it SAP's flavor of SQL. Mm. It's their uh, database query language. So six months into that role, and I knew that I wanted to be on the other side of the table and Mm. actually work closely with my customers and design solutions to their problems. And as soon as I transitioned into um, that that role. Um, I mean, I became a functional consultant. So from an ABAP developer, I became a functional consultant and I was in customer-facing kind of a role there. And in that role, I was already doing a lot of things that a product manager does. So like understanding your customers, designing solutions, working with the tech team to build those solutions out and conducting user testing. And since I started as a technical person, I understood uh, what my technical team needed and how to, you know, translate all those business requirements into technical requirements for them. So that worked out really well. And then I have also absolutely always loved technology uh, and uh, believed in the power of data from the very beginning. So when I did my master's, I actually specialized in data analytics. And somehow, a couple of years into my role as a data scientist, history sort of repeated itself uh, this time. And um, it was my manager, uh, not me this time around, who saw that knack in me um, and uh, believed that I could be really successful as a PM. And he strongly suggested that I make that transition into product management. And well, here I am, you know, binding all the technology, all the data background that I have and all the business acumen that I could gather into this role. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, so, I, well, you have a background in data science, so you must love running experiments. What, what kind of experiments do you like running in general? I like to sort of think about this in two separate phases. The first part is when you're trying to understand your customer and your users uh, before you start building a product. And the second phase um, for me is understanding your users after you've actually launched your product. So mm. for the first part, the part where you know I'm trying to understand my users before we start building a product, um, I heavily rely on 
observing uh, my users in their regular environment mm. and seeing them interact with their existing software or tool uh, or work through their existing processes. I have always seen that it has given uh, me direct insights into the customer's actual problems. Also, I am a very big fan of uh, continuous user feedback. Mm-hmm. So I like showing my user design artifact as early on in the process as possible because you know um, these high fidelity wireframes or mockups I think they are very very helpful since they are tested on the device on which the product will actually be used. This not only informs your MVP features but it also always keeps you in sync with what the customer really wants um, and you will have a solid understanding of you know what you are supposed to be building before you actually end up investing your time, effort, and money into that product. And uh, for the second second phase, where I'm trying to understand my users after the product is launched, this phase is all about uh, tracking and building metrics around the important portions of the workflow to understand where the customers are maybe struggling with the product and maybe hence not completing the workflow or, you know, just seeing where where all the customers are able to you know breeze through the process mm. so this is how i like to see this whole experimenting and understanding users as awesome uh so um when it comes on to these forms of experiments how do you use qualitative data for insights or quantitative data for insights and when do you find using both to be like really valuable i believe that qualitative data is more beneficial when you're in that first phase where you're trying to understand a user, your users. Mm-hmm. And um, I find qualitative extremely helpful when I'm, you know, literally trying to track that, okay, we launched this feature. Are the users really coming in and, you know, clicking on this new feature that I launched or not? So this is how I like to separate these two out. I have not really combined those two together uh, in, in a particular phase. I always use qualitative before product and quantitative after product launch. Got it. So depending on the kinds of experiments you're running, um, what stories or what insights do you like to the, the data to tell? I love to see whether my conversion rate is going up or down. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are certain features and products that we built that are directly tied into the metrics of the organization. Mm-hmm. And I love to see if after rolling out a particular feature or you know launching a product, if that is moving the needle of the organization for the organization on a higher level. Mm-hmm. So say, suppose we want to acquire more customers because we want to make more money. And I'm trying to be vague here, uh, mm-hmm. trying to make more money in certain segment. So, you know, tying those two things, seeing that, you know, the conversion rate is going up and how that's, you know, actually impacting the goals of the organization. That's that's what I love to see. Got it. What's one of the most challenging things uh, you kind of do on a daily basis? I think I love that question because I find two things, not one, particularly mm. challenging in my day-to-day life as a PM. First is influencing without authority. I mean, this is mm. like... PM 101, mm-hmm. but I find it challenging because, you know, you have to evangelize, you have to negotiate, you have to resolve conflicts, and you have to do all of this while doing your hardcore PM tasks of, you know, building a roadmap or prioritizing, reprioritizing, writing documents, conducting scrums, um, all of that. So I, I find mm-hmm. that challenging. 
And um, I would say the other thing that I find challenging is keeping everyone on the same page. The startup culture means that I have to prioritize and reprioritize every now and then. And that in turn means that I have to communicate that to my stakeholders, the business, the engineering team, and my customers. So I find those two things quite challenging. Yeah. Mm. And how, uh, like as a PM, you're pulled in so many different directions, right? Um, how how do you delegate tasks or how do you, um, with the influence you have, as you said, like managing the influence, like how, how do you use that influence to ensure that the things that you can't do are done by other people or other members you know, on the team? I truly believe, and this is something that I learned um, very not very recently, but like a couple of years ago, that empathy takes you a very long way. So if you are able to empathize with your stakeholders, with customers, even with your technical team. Mm -hmm. um, I have seen amazing things happen because when you empathize with others to understand their problems, they empathize with you. When I want to push a feature out the door and uh, my team is under stress, they know that when when they needed something from me or they were under uh, going through some problem or whatever, I was there to empathize with them. So when it's time for me to something push out of the door, uh, they are able to understand that, yeah, okay, fine. She is probably under a lot of pressure. So we we probably have to support her and help her and get this thing done. And same with the stakeholders. I have observed that understanding their problems and what they're really trying to do uh, makes a lot of difference. And that also helps build great relations with them. So my mantra is always empathy, empathy, empathy. And that is a very, very strong message. That's a very, I think that's what, what the industry is kind of lacking, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. to hear this um, coming from uh, the product side is, is kind of very, very, um, it's, it's a good feeling to hear it. So it's our last question. Uh, what's one weakness that you've, you've turned into your strength? This is, this is a fun question. I would say that I wouldn't really call this my strength or weakness. But this is this is like a trait that I have, which becomes a weakness a lot of times in my personal life, but becomes a solid strength. You know, when I put that hat on of a PM, I am a person who is always looking way ahead into the future and evaluating worst case scenarios and potential ways to mitigate those risks. Mm. Uh, in my personal life, it is kind of very frustrating for my family and me as well. But when I'm actually, you know, being a professional and doing my job of a PM, this actually helps me catch a lot of potential loopholes very early mm. on. Mm -hmm. Just because, you know, I'm always imagining and thinking way ahead into the future. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, it was so great having you on the show. Uh, it was a pleasure speaking with you. And thanks so much for sharing your background, your insights Likewise. and your learnings with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was, it was such a pleasure being here. Thanks for listening to the Got 10 Minutes podcast. To stay in touch, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and the podcast app you're listening to this on right now. Take care. Bye.